Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 14. Today, Jonathan and I are interviewing a 20-something Austrian who runs a business out of Bangkok, Thailand. But before we get into the show, I would like to update you, the listener, on what Jonathan and I are doing with our businesses. First, to the surprise of many, we made it to episode 14 and we are going strong producing podcasts together getting better each and every episode. We are both building websites, improving techniques, and developing new products. Jonathan is working hard on his SaaS, that's S-A-A-S, software as a service, and his product, MailRite. And I'm working on developing a process to help the new podcaster quickly integrate WordPress and new media so they can focus on podcasting and their hobbies or businesses. At the first of the year, Jonathan and I are starting a new WordPress meetup group called WordPress and New Media for Reno Entrepreneurs and Businesses. The meetup will be oriented towards the small business owner and how they can better utilize WordPress and new media in their businesses, which will complement the current Reno WordPress meetup group, which is oriented more at the technical side of WordPress, diving into PHP, which is service-side script language designed for web development, and HTML, which is hypertext markup language. Again, our new club is really oriented towards the user and not the programmer, and how that user can take this knowledge and really extend their business, whether it's that small coffee shop or manufacturers who are maybe building a feeding system for cattle a pet store or a veterinarian, whatever it might be, we're designing tools and systems to make it easy for you to succeed online with WordPress and new media. So you're going to hear more in the future from us, Jonathan and me, on WP Tonic and Timelines of Success. So we look forward to 215 and getting out there and helping a lot of our businesses, local and across the, the globe. Well, now let's get into the interviews. This is the second of two interviews, and you can find more about our guest on episode 80 of Timelines of Success. Now, let's get into our show with David Herrenberg. David is from Austria. He has been traveling the world for four and a half years. He is currently in Bangkok, Thailand, running his company, Fat Cat Apps, building amazing plugins with his team of coders. He is also the co-host of WPCast.fm, a professional WordPress podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get right into the episode of WP Tonic with our guest, David Heidenberg. David, Jonathan, we're at WP Tonic, our first international podcast. All right, David, um, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It means a lot to me. It's great. Um, so basically, you're kind of a business owner. You, um, I've been reading your blog posts, your um, experiences of trying of building up a WordPress based business in the plugin sector. Um, yep. So basically, um, what do you actually do roughly on a daily basis, then, David? Okay, so uh, with Fat Cat apps, and you know, Fat Cat kind of fits in because our vision for our product is that they are things, tools used by marketers and entrepreneurs to help them. In- some way or another, hopefully make more money. So that's that's where Fat Cat Apps, the brand, comes in. But what I do on a daily basis is I'm pretty much removed from the coding at this point. So I've got um, I got one full-time programmer and one part-time programmer that I'm working with. And what I'm mostly doing is I'm doing like product management, you know, um, deciding on the direction of our products, um, managing the dev team, you know, dev lead, kind of making sure that everything they're doing is on the right track and looks good. Also, you know, 
testing, making, making, making sure that everything works, uh, design, and then like the business side of things, you know, like marketing, copywriting, again, when I'm hiring somebody, like finances, all that kind of stuff. Um, so pretty much, I'm still dabbling in the code occasionally, but pretty much everything other than like uh, being deep in the code. So um, you didn't actually, so you have a bit of a, what I want to clarify, because I think you did some SEO consultancy, mm-hmm. business consultancy, but you also did a little bit, what, front end or front end, back end? What what did yeah. you, what are your so, kind of skills, basically, David? <laughs> I got like this, got a pretty wide range, I would say. So back in the day, I was doing a lot of .NET and Java, like hardcore like development. That was maybe five or six years ago. Um, and then I kind of transitioned more like to the internet marketing side. I was I was doing SEO. Um, so you, you, analytics. You, went to, you, you went to the dark side then, David. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm kind yeah. of coming back. Uh, um, now I'm kind of coming back to the, you know, like making software. And I'm really happy actually that I'm doing that. Um, I did enjoy SEOs in some, in some way, but I think it's really nice to actually be building products that people use instead of just uh, driving traffic to, to random websites that you may or may not care about. So I'm really happy about the decision to do like something uh, more tangible. Well, you got two um, very useful kind of background experience skills for actually ru- that are quite important for the running of your business, really, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really good news. So um, obviously you've been, when was it when you first got into utilising WordPress and you really got interested in the kind of business opportunities that WordPress could offer? When did you kind of realize that this was a place where you thought you could build up something, you know, and really commit yourself? Okay. So I've been using WordPress as a user for almost five years or so. And I've always loved WordPress. I've loved the simplicity. I love the plugins. Um, but the decision to go into WordPress and, you know, start a business, I probably made that a bit more than like a year, one and a half years ago or so. And it, it basically boiled down from um, I was running this SEO consultancy, and just in some ways, to be honest, I wasn't that happy about like how things were going. I was getting tired of SEO. There were like almost always those really fast changes. You know, Google was always rolling out new updates. Um, I just got very tired of it, and I looked at where I wanted to be in the long run, and I wanted to get back to making software, and a little little bit of research and. I liked to use WordPress already. I was a big fan, and it just turned out that there was a pretty, pretty promising-looking opportunity in the WordPress space. So that's why I decided to to WordPress. So that was one and a half years ago. So, um, what you know, um, I sent you some questions, but mm-hmm. I think we do um, at the time we don't appreciate this. Um, it's painful, but on reflection. Um, I can honestly say this, David. I've actually learned the most from um, my mistakes that I've made in business. And um, what do you um, do? You mind sharing us maybe um, one of your biggest disasters, or uh, business-wise, and what you learned from that experience? Okay, so I wouldn't quite call it a disaster, but uh, I think in general, for me, so so back. So I'm in Bangkok right now, and for me, um, 
you know, I'm a young single guy. Uh, I don't have a family, so it's easy for me to travel around. So when I got started for me, uh, there was this really big motivation is where I wanted to be, you know, quote, location independent. And I wanted to be able to live where I want. And, you know, um, I lived in Vietnam last year and I lived in Bali the year before. So I was basically looking at like what kind of business or what could I do for work in order to get there. Uh, there was this for work week book, which is a great book, but um, I started to get into this community and everybody was just always talking about like internet marketing, SEO, niche sites. I think it was really valuable uh, to me, to my businesses right now to learn all the skills, but I think there was a bit too much focus. I focused a bit too much on the marketing and the internet marketing and also SEO side with me, eventually starting the SEO consultancy instead of just realizing that um, I should focus more on this skill set of me being really good with technology. So I think a mistake was that I, I should have probably not started the SEO agency. I think I should have gone straight to technology when I uh, back back when I did that. Yeah, I, um, I think. You're- hey, Jonathan, can I can I just break in for a second? I was from the business aspect. I was looking at going to ask you how you ended up in Bangkok, and you sort of explained it. How do you like working overseas? Um, away I, from Austria. Yeah, I love it. So Austria is a great country, but it's it's a little bit small. <laughs> There's like <laughs> 8 million people there. So I've been living overseas for four and a half years, and it's mostly been in Southeast Asia, but also some other parts of Europe. And I really like it. I've been in Bangkok for like three or four months now. Um, probably stay for a few more months, but at some point next year, I'll probably leave. Bangkok's a so great are place. So where are your programmers? Where are your coders? Um, one of them is in Morocco and the other one is in Vietnam. So I actually met him in person when I was living in Vietnam. Oh, very good. Thanks. I just wondered how it was working out being overseas. Yeah. There's probably some benefits. So um, here would be some drawbacks, especially in the WordPress community. Almost almost everything or like all of the big events are happening in the US. So yeah. I'm definitely missing out on some connections that I could be making. But still me being from uh, Europe in general, it wouldn't be that easy to just go to the US and set up shop there. Um, so that's a drawback, I think, even if uh, there would be a drawback, even if I would be in Europe. Yeah, that that's an interesting point, David, because um, because one of you know one of the unsaid, um, I won't say rules, but um, things that go around is that you know you develop your community, you develop your plugins, you do your free plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, then you do your premium plugin. You know, Shane of uh, Modern Tribe. I've had a couple of discussions with him, and hopefully, um, he just had a baby. And I was, I, he did agree to come on the show, but then he said he was too busy, which is understandable. <laughs> um, you know, they did a, a, they did their free um, calendar, mm-hmm. and then um, it got really popular. And then they did their premiere. Um, which I think it's got over a million downloads. But you and they, they've been very involved in going to all the word camps and you build your mm-hmm. foreign. But you, you really mm-hmm. didn't do any of that, really, did you? You you just went straight into the kind of we're selling a commercial WordPress plugin and it's really good. And um, you just went for it, didn't you? Yeah. Did you, you did a lot of research by reading your blog right. posts. You did a lot of research. Yeah. But, um, can you go into a bit about that? Why you chose the table, um, pricing tables? Or sure. Did, yeah. So 
Um, there's a free plugin as well in the directory, which has, yes, I think, 65,000. Apo- yeah. Yeah. So it's got 65,000 downloads. It's been around for a bit more than a year. So I'm pretty, pretty happy about those numbers. Um, it's, it's just a very simple... So I was having... I was scratching my own itch, right? I was having this pain point of, you know, not being... I was trying to set up pricing tables and I just didn't find a good solution. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way to do it. Um, and it looked at... There was at least like a little bit of demand for pricing table plugin and then the other thing was that it wasn't like a grand super complicated you know it, it wasn't like an e-commerce type of thing where there's just a lot of work involved it was a fairly simple plugin that i could build fairly easily and i built it myself um i i took my programming knowledge you know but after speed with php and wordpress and built it myself so yeah it's a combination of scratching my own itch knowing that there was a some kind of demand and also knowing that it was a fairly simple project that i could launch fairly soon because there's no point in like developing something for two years and not launching. Yeah, that you know, going rapid. We um, hopefully we're not having any technical troubles because Bill, um, we've lost his video actually. Oh. No, you didn't lose my video, did you? Yeah, but oh, you're there. But that's great. Okay, um, okay. so you're still recording. I know he's still. Just go bouncing back and forth. We got it going. It, everything looks really good on sound. So great, great, great interview. It's on. amazing how far away we all are and how well it's working. Oh, great. So. Um, I apologize, obviously, on reflection, you, you have had the free plugin and you've talked about that. I must have had a little bit of a, <laughs> a brain fart. I'm getting old, David. That's, <laughs> no that's, that's, Can you guys see me now? Um, no. no, you're still... That's strange. Hmm. Well, it's, it's better, actually, Bill. Uh, no, well, I, was playing, I was playing around with my cameras, so who knows what happened. <laughs> my web cameras are going from HD to... I thought you were going to... Oh, he's back again. Oh, Oh, you can see me now. It's strange you couldn't see me before. Right. So what do you see as your greatest opportunity in 2015? Okay. So I've launched this new plugin called Easy Opt-ins, which makes it really easy to set up email opt-in forms for like MailChimp or Campaign Monitor, also soon Aweber and a couple of other providers. And I just launched the first version a couple of weeks ago. I think there's a lot of opportunity in that space. And I believe that that's my biggest opportunity for next year. Be- keep building out that plugin. You know, hopefully it's gonna get a lot of traction. I think it's a good product, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I was I was extremely interested that you because it's another when you first announced that you were entering that sector as well. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, it's a it's you know it's quite a competitive sector. Um, you know, even yeah. Gravity Forms provide a plug-in, don't they? But then I mm-hmm. thought about it. I agree with you. There, there does seem to be a fair bit of competition, but I think it's very similar to the table market. You know, the competition, I've been frustrated with the competition, with the present solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem that flexible and they i have found them because um i actually um i've utilized your table product not only on client websites but i'm using it for my own SaaS um oh that's great business which i i've built in wordpress and um your your tables is what i'm using so that's great to hear thanks man yeah because um I was utilising another product and I I just found it a bit clanky. I won't name it. And then I came across your product and I, I've been extremely happy with it. 
Um, I think it's um, you've done you and your programmers have done an excellent job, David. Thanks, man. And actually, I do think it could still improve a lot, especially on the back-end user interface, because right now it's very abstract, right? So you set up the pricing tables and you see, you get a rough idea of what the layout is going to be like, but you don't really see what it's exactly going to look like. And that's something that I would love to change at some point. But right now I'm just kind of going full force on the, this easy opt-ins project. And that's what that is doing, right? Like you've got a live preview very exactly, but you see exactly what the opt-in form is going to look like on your site. Yeah, you have spoken about it, and I do understand. Mm. But I think from um, an initial launch, I think um, it's quite polished. You know, I've seen a lot worse with an initial launch product. Um, what's the major thing that you've learned through this year, David? Um, oh, so at least for me, and I've been talking to a lot of other entrepreneurs who go through that as well, is stuff just always takes longer than you want it to you know you're gonna be like oh i'm gonna like launch this new thing and it's gonna be ready in three weeks from now and then like two months later you still haven't launched because you know maybe it's delayed on the development side or there's, there's some kind of some kind of problem um and i think i'm not the only one going through that it just it just always you always like or at least me i'm always very optimistic with my timelines and then and then uh, those things don't really work out and um in those time frames and then i'm very frustrated so i think so, that's been a big takeaway for me is that with easy opt-ins also um the project has just been going on for way too long i've like wanted to launch that like five months ago so and it's just been <laughs> delayed well it's taken me almost two years to get my um products ready to go it's called mail hyphen right r-i-g-h-t dot com uh-huh. and um it's using wordpress we do we do boutique email marketing um, okay. for the veterinarian market, and we also oh. do we provide a social media calendar which we populate once a month with um, animal related stories. Oh, and okay. It's aimed at that market, and I'm just in the middle uh, of having some beta veterinary trying it out and mm-hmm. just get trying to go through all the bugs. There's always seems to be bugs. Um, so do you do you think another factor that's helped you is being in the Far East? So you you could then utilize um, Far Eastern programmers, uh, you know, uh, and have that cost saving because um, good quality programmers in the US. And I'm a bit like you. Uh, I dabble in PHP, and I'm more of a mm-hmm. front end. But good PHP WordPress programmers aren't cheap in the US. Right. Um, so has that been a key factor that has enabled you to do this, David? Um, well, so the first version I launched, I built myself. So I guess I, I would have gotten there uh, without those as well. And. I actually had a guy from Eastern Europe, um, I think still to this point, the majority of the paid version of easy pricing tables um, was built by that guy, like the additional features. So uh, it hasn't just been, you know, like Asian uh, developers. But yeah, I think I know I've just been in this environment of like people like heavily, you know, outsourcing um, for years and like the company I used to work for, we were, we were outsourcing a lot too. And of course, being being on the ground and being able to meet with my Vietnamese program in person, for example, made a big difference as well. So yeah, it, so it isn't easy to find a good 
developers, no matter, I think, if you're looking at the S uh, or if you're looking at, um, you know, like lower income countries and they're not always, you know, somebody who's like really, really top-notch program in Vietnam um, probably also makes like, starts at like three or $4,000 a month, which is still much cheaper than the US, but you know, you're, you're in some ways you do get what you, what you pay for. So somebody who's lower, um, who's getting paid less is also going to need more guidance. And more yes. QA. That's that's got to be a good chunk of change in Vietnam, three to four thousand oh, dollars. Yeah, yeah. The average income is probably three hundred or so. Yeah, I I, um, I have two Vietnamese programmers, um, but I have a US lead developer that um, who keeps um, an eye on the project, and everything you just said is true. But we're utilizing intermediate level Vietnamese programmers, and it's worked out well. But they need yeah. constant. Um, there's more um, more bug fixing, um, and they need a lot of um, hand holding, uh, which I do, or my lead tech um, does. Um, and, but he does more of imperial checking of the code quality in GitHub and find that you know the version control is kept up because they do tend not to be that eager about version control. Um, that's caused a few problems. I've learned that the hard way. That's a key thing you've got to stress, isn't it, David? We are going to have version control. Yeah, uh, it's working quite well for me at this point. Um... But yeah, I think when you get a programmer who is not used to using version control, initially, you, you get them to use it and they're going to be confused and uh, maybe they're not going to use it properly. But yeah, just got to gotta stick with it. It is getting a lot more common though. So even like entry-level programmers from Vietnam at this point, a lot of them are familiar with, you know, Git. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so... Um... What, how do you see WordPress going in the next year, year and a half? Do you think it's on a trend of just getting stronger or stronger? Or do you think there are some challenges that are brewing for WordPress? Um, so I think they're going to keep you know, growing in terms of market share. So I think I'm pretty confident over the next couple of years that WordPress is going to you know, keep getting bigger. And keep growing. What, I think it, it's interesting to look at um, WordPress competitors, um, in particular, say something like Shopify. Shopify, does, it's, it's, it's a completely different thing, right? It's hosted software as a service, it's not open source. Um, but I know a lot of people that use Shopify instead of, say, using WooCommerce because it's just a lot easier, to be honest. It's just really easy to set up and the majority of the things you need, you know, they've got there and they also got an app store. So. Um, I think based on if somebody is like a very beginner entry level a user based on their requirements, WordPress might not always be the best solution because it is getting, you know, it's getting it's getting more powerful but also more complex. There's like so many things and um, so many headaches. Like you know, you need to make sure your security is tight and your you know page load speed is fast and you need to choose the right hosting company so your site isn't slow and you know make sure you don't get hacked and make sure you use the right plugins and not the wrong one. So, so there's just a lot of things that you can do wrong. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I don't see the actual competition coming from Joomla or Drupal. I think um, I think both of those will still be around, but I, 
I think they're going to find it in because of the strength, the increased strength of WordPress. I think both of those open source competitors are going to find it hard to build up market share. But on the other hand, I'm not saying they're just going to disappear. And this, uh, I've got a reasonable experience with Expression Engine, mm-hmm. um, and that's the same. That tends to just be utilised by agencies. One of the factors I was going to ask you, Dave, is why mm-hmm. did you not decide you decided that you're going to go into the WordPress plugin market? Why did you decide not to utilise a marketplace? to market that plugin why did you decide that you weren't gonna you were gonna sell direct what mm-hmm. was so i was talking to a couple of people that had success with a similar business model as i ended up using uh, one of them is uh, john turner from seedbird he's got a coming soon page uh plugin so there was a couple of people like that that were having success using that business model um, so I knew that there was a good chance of me making it work. And the other thing was that when you look at marketplaces like Code Canyon, it's just a very, I just don't love them, you know. Um, so first of all, the prices there are much lower. So uh, right now my easy pricing table's premium starts at $29. I think if this would be on Code Canyon, it would be like a $19 product. And then Envato would, I think, take like 40 or 50% of that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's, an, that's an incredible difference in terms of revenue. So I would be looking at ma- making 10 or 15 instead of making uh, 29 uh, per transaction. So it was a financial uh, thing, but also... There's a lot of mixed quality products on there. There's some amazing products on both ThemeForest and Code Canyon, but then there's also some products that you know have barely functional code and they have really terrible support. And um, I, I believe there's no automatic updates either when you buy something on there and you can just like roll out the automatic updates, which kind of results in a bad user experience. Yeah. So to me, it was just a yeah. I never really considered using Code Canyon because of that. I, I didn't want to compete in price. I didn't want to. I basically wanted to position myself as like a premium product. Yeah, I think you made the right choice and you you just explained your rationality very clearly, David. Um, I was at um, WordCamp San Francisco a couple of weeks ago and I asked Matt a question about this when he did his presentation and he asked for questions from the audience and I asked him why um, automatic didn't enter the kind of premier market um, because I think, and he was very gracious in his answer, but he gave the impression that they weren't going to do that. And it was related to his philosophy that a lot of this should be offered for free. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, I personally, you know, he is the, the found, one of the founders of WordPress and, he is the CEO of Automatic. But personally, I think it's a mistake because I think if WordPress entered the marketplace and put down real standards and like put their stamp, you know, we will sell your things, but if you meet these certain criteria, you'll get kind of like a five-star endorsement from this commercial market that's run by WordPress. Mm-hmm. I think I think it would drive standards up in all marketplaces yeah. that are dealing with WordPress. What do you think about that? I agree with you, and it's funny that you bring it up because I actually had the I had this conversation with somebody else yesterday on Skype. 
um, I think it would be a great thing. I think it would be great for WordPress users. And I think it would also be great for people like me. Um, because I would think that by having officially approved plugins in there um, and maybe allowing one-click install from within the dashboard without somebody having to go to my marketing page, you know, pay for it there, download it, and then upload it to the site, it's just, you're just going to remove a lot of friction. So I think more people are going to end up using, would end up using premium plugins if they would do that. Uh, and I would be very happy to, you know, pay a certain percentage of my sales to automatic if, if that means that they're helping me drive sales. So yeah. I think it would be a great thing. And I could see them, so I could see them doing it at some point. It does seem like Matt is, uh, not, at least what he's saying, it doesn't seem to be like that excited about it for maybe the kind of like open source licensing reasons. But I think because also like, you know, Shopify is doing it. And so a lot of kind of competitors are, are doing similar things as well. Um, I think it would be a good solution for them. I think it would be good for users. And I think it would also be good for uh, developers like me. Well, um, I think I'm going to ask one more question because the time has flown. We're almost near half an hour, um, David, but it doesn't seem that way, does it? I um, I think it's gone really quick. And I, I've been fascinated by your answers. Um, and I think I'm very impressed with your business mind for such a young man. Uh, Rob, <laughs> Uh, if you could, my last question is slightly odd, but if you could go back in the past, you know, at some stage in your, when you were thinking of what pathway you were going to go, and you could go back in time to talk to yourself, what would be the key bit of advice would you give to yourself? Okay, well, one very specific thing that I would tell myself, that I would have told myself 20 and a half years ago, um, so after I was working in the internet marketing department of this e-commerce business, I basically went on inside the SEO consultancy, right? So I think at that point I would have told myself to, again, like I said, to not start the SEO consultancy and to go straight into maybe WordPress. Um, the other piece of advice I would give myself or somebody who would be in a similar situation is uh, this concept of finding your five hours and there's a great blog post on the Tropical MBA blog about it, I can send you the link. Um, basically, it just means that you find something that you really like want to work on for like five hours per day, like every day. Maybe you know, maybe maybe you want to take Sunday or even Saturday off. But it's just this concept of you finding something that you really enjoy working on, and you're gonna work on it five hours a day, every day for the next five years or so. Um, and then you're gonna, you know, things are gonna move in the right direction once once you start doing that. So if you do something you don't really enjoy, or if you do something that um, yeah, you just can really can't be bothered with, and you're doing the wrong thing. And I think the other thing uh, to mention here is that I oftentimes find myself. I think if I put in five really productive hours in a workday, it's a good workday for me, and I might I might spend more time in front of the computer than five hours. But um, if you're actually really focused and really productive, and you get a lot of stuff done doing, uh, you can get a lot of stuff stuff done doing five hours, basically. So choose, let me, follow, let me ask one follow-up follow question. Mm -hmm. What are some of the key things you have to do every day for your business? I think the biggest thing at this point is to like check in with the developers and make sure things are moving in the right direction and make sure that you know, the code that they wrote uh, you know, looks good and works. So I think that's the main thing because if I don't do that, then my developers can't keep working and then like everything comes to a halt. So, so that's the biggest thing. Um, how, but, how do you market your product then? What's the um, 
the marketing is actually very uh, product related. So so uh, with easy pricing tables, the free product, which is still a pretty good product, basically, yeah. it basically is the marketing. Um, so the marketing is to make a good product. I think that's a, that's the biggest thing. I think another thing could be part of my five hours right now is actually like I'm really starting to like enjoy design as I'm getting away from the code, but I still kind of have to, you know, make sure the application is easy to use and looks good. Um, I'm actually really enjoying that. I'm right then. Quite a bit of time on that. Well, David, thank you for coming on WP Tonic. Hopefully you enjoyed my questions. Yeah, um, absolutely. You've been, you've been a, we do appreciate you joining us from so far. But I think you've been an excellent guest and I think you've given some insights and I think you're a bit of an aspirational individual because people see that there's still it's still possible with a dedicated individual to build a real business in WordPress um, if, they're if they're committed. So we're going to go off and... Um, Speak to you soon, Dave. Yeah, actually, what we're going to do next, uh, just a little advertisement commercial, is we're going to do timelines of success or timelines interview, and we'll flip over from the uh, technical side more into the who David is, how he runs his business. So anyway, I enjoyed it. Jonathan did a good job. Hopefully, uh, I, I know. Hopefully, I know everything's going to come out well. Or sounds looks, looks really good. We're at Thirty minutes, and thirty-one minutes. Uh, would, you, would you happy with that, David? Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. That's great. Closing technical comments. Jonathan and I get asked often many questions about WordPress, new media, and podcasting. One of them is the type of microphones we use. In today's interview, I was using the Heil PR40 with a pop filter and a small mixer. This is one of the best setups you can have. The mixer and pop filter and microphone cost under $500. But a good substitute is the ATR2100 microphone, which allows you to plug into your computer with a USB connection or go through a mixer. This dynamic microphone with a foam filter will do a great job and stop pops and outside noise. It costs less than $60. Jonathan was using the Blue Yeti microphone and a pop filter, with, which sounds very good. And it's about $100. David uh, was also using the Blue Yeti, but without a pop filter. If you listen closely, you can hear a few pops from David. These pops are sometimes hard to remove in the editing. We're all connected on this episode with Skype. David was in Bangkok, Thailand, Jonathan in Carson City, Nevada, and I was in Reno, Nevada. Overall, the sound was excellent. Again, thank you for listening to WP Tonic. We'd appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and give us a review. The link is on the bottom and the top of show notes on this episode.